you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey, hello everybody. Welcome to Move the Sticks presented by AARP in for DJ Today. I am Rhett Lewis here with Bucky Brooks, international Bucky Brooks. He is still uh, in <laughs> London and uh, glad to have you with us here, Buck. I guess DJ is uh, is finally just taking matters into his own hands. Uh, he is finally, he's doing what he can to engineer a winning season for the Padres. He's down at the uh, MLB winter meetings today. I guess apparently on the lookout for a catcher. Oh my God. It's so funny <laughs> because he is, look, I know he is in his own personal heaven. He's such a big Padres fan. Yes. Uh, I'm actually excited to kind of hear what he brings back from those baseball meetings because we love the team building process and I do believe that uh, some of the things that you use to build other teams and other sports are applicable to football so it'd be great to get his insight on how to build a great team how to build a great organization from some of the best minds in baseball yeah, no question. Uh, excited about that uh, to, to see what uh, Bu- uh, DJ brings back. Uh, he'll be back uh, later this week. So uh Look, Bucky, I'm, I'm interested, man, because uh, on this on this episode today, we're going to have uh, quite a bit of college football talk here. We're going to get into the Heisman finalists who were just announced yesterday. Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Chase Young, Jalen Hurts. 
but sure does feel like it's uh, Joe Burrow running away. We'll also react to the conference championship games, kind of kind of do a, a little bit of a mini takeaway pod, um, which we do every Monday here on Move the Sticks. We'll give our, our top three kind of takeaways from championship weekend. Um, and then we'll take a look ahead at the final four, the college football playoff this year, which of course features LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and now Oklahoma uh, in there at the fourth spot. So we'll get into all that, but I want to first, Bucky, give me a sense of, because I know you're in London. I know you're working, doing some work with Sky Sports, and um, I, I know that the fans in London are into NFL football. We see that every year. You're in and you're out, and they pack the stadium, pack Wembley uh, or, uh, or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, to watch the NFL games. But how do they feel about Monday night football? I mean, you know, it's funny. Like, they're excited about all football. And, and Red, let me tell you, if you are a football fan over here in the U.K., yeah. and you're staying up from – I stand up to watch a Monday night football game that starts at one twenty local time <laughs> in the morning, one twenty AM local time. So if you're really committed to being like the biggest football fan in the UK, you have a level of dedication. Yeah. Sees anything that I've experienced because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, like having worked all day Sunday and trying to stay up to watch the Sunday night game, man, it wipes you out. Oh, Monday. I bet. And so then to think, oh, I'm going to sleep all day Monday, and then I'm going to do it again and stay up from 1 to 4, 5 in the morning to watch the Monday night game, it is just – I mean, it's a bear because it kind of sets you back for a day or so to uh, kind of get your bearings straight. No no doubt. I mean, if I was, you know, back 20 years old again, um, it might, <laughs> might actually be really fun. You know, it might be yeah. a, a great way to come home from a great night and just uh, sit down and take in some football. Yeah, I guess it's kind of the same thing – uh, for how we take in a lot of big time soccer matches here in the U.S., you know, it's like I drive to work on Sunday past one of the one of the bars here in Culver City. That's a, a that is a, a soccer bar, and it's packed at seven in the morning. There's people outside having a great time. They're watching they're watching soccer. So I guess it's just uh, it's kind of the flip side of it. But uh, man, one a.m. that's 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 a tough kickoff uh, for Monday Night Football. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much you saw then of Eli Manning's return to the starting. Lineup. I saw a lot of it. Okay, a lot of it. So but, I was able to um, get on and, and, and check it out. Well, look, man, it was it was it was good for me to see. I mean, you guys know that uh, I'm uh, I'm close with Eli. I uh, you know close with the Manning family, and um, I, I really was excited for him to get another opportunity and to see him out there again. Uh, had the family up in the stands watching in, in Philly, and look for the first half, man, I was like. This could this could be writing a pretty good story here. Uh, you know, throws a couple of touchdown passes to Darius Slayton, a couple of really nice balls. He gets them in the right play, does that all the time. Uh, and then the second half, things, you know, just start falling apart. Not necessarily uh, all on him. Uh, I know he'll tell you he wishes he could have made a couple of, a couple of more passes, a couple of more completions, and keep some drives going. They... Uh, they, they weren't able to extend many drives in the second half, end up going to overtime and then losing, didn't even get a shot at it with the Giants defense, giving up, uh, giving up the touchdown right off the bat to the Eagles. But uh, I guess you got to credit the Eagles too, Buck, for coming out in the second half and figuring things out a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's such a weird game, man, because the Giants appear to have control of the game yeah. for most of the first half and even into the third quarter. Uh, Eli did get out into a nice rhythm. Uh, the ball came out quick. Uh, they, were, they were a little balanced. And you could tell – his experience really helped the Giants' offense kind of get jump started. Yeah, um, the defense played well to a point, and, and you're talking about a Philadelphia Eagles team that didn't have many weapons. Like even when they were healthy, they didn't have any explosive players. The most explosive offensive player that they have is Miles Sanders. Right, and when they are 
not able to get him the ball in open field. They have a tough time generating explosive plays. And so the Giants had locked them up. And then Alshon Jeffrey goes out. Um, I mean, they are playing. Uh, I mean, what J.J. Arcega, Whiteside goes out. They're playing with Greg Ward and three tight ends. Yeah, it was basically one one wide out in the second one half. One wide receiver on the field. And then they, they kind of found a rhythm, and Carson Wentz got into it. And so Carson Wentz kind of blotted out a performance that would have been a solid one from Eli, one that would have been, yeah. I wouldn't say storybook. No. He didn't necessarily play. He's great, but it would have been a, a, a feel-good story for the Giants in a season that has really been absolutely miserable. To see the franchise leader, the, the, the quarterback, that is synonymous with two Super Bowl wins, right. kind of go out in a blaze of glory. Uh, it kind of robbed them of having that moment and it robbed Eli of having his moment because the defense couldn't hold up. I remember uh, listening to Lisa Salters uh, at the end of halftime, coming back for the start of the second half, and she was relaying the conversation she had with Pat Shermer uh, coming back onto the field, and she was like, and, and she said that you know he kept saying you got we we got to run the look things are going well Eli's playing well uh, you know we've got some points on the board we got to keep this going in the second half. we got to run the ball more. I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you spent you know number two overall pick on Saquon Barkley, and seventeen carries for sixty six yards just doesn't do it for me. Um, and, and I mean, seventeen carries is is a healthy number in this day and age for a for a running back. But I I still think there's got to be a better way to get Saquon Barkley involved in the offense for for the Giants. I mean, he's their best player. Yeah, you know, like, and here's the thing, and Red, if we go all the way back to the year he was coming out and the way that he played at Penn State and what we talked about on Path to the Draft was Saquon Barkley is not necessarily a guy that's going to give you a steady diet of four and five yard right. runs. Right. If you go back and look at the way that he played at Penn State, he was a one, two, minus three, 50, five, six, minus three, minus seven. 60. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so he is a bit of a, a scattershot player and I'm not saying he's Barry Sanders, but he is Barry Sanders-like in terms of the way that he would produce his production. Barry Sanders was one of those guys that you're going to have some negative runs, you're going to have some stretches where it doesn't pop, but you have to give him enough opportunities. I think the bigger thing for the Giants is looking at that offensive line and the investment that they've made in that offensive line, that offensive line doesn't generate the kind of push in the run game nor the protection in the pass game that you would expect. Yeah. Nate Solder, Nate Solder has been a big flop on a major stage in New York. Like he cannot play at a high enough level to kind of justify what they paid to get him. Right. And it really affects them because they can't win the line of scrimmage. And without being able to win the line of scrimmage, they can't run the ball and they can't keep a quarterback protected enough to really be able to attack down the field. Yeah, I think that started to become even more apparent last night. Uh, in fact, I was on Twitter and watching uh, Brian Baldinger was just uh, livid over the fact that uh, they were actually trying to give Solder help to deal with Vinnie Curry. You know, like you're I mean, bringing a tight end in to chip with Solder, who you're paying 15 mil a year. You know, at that point, you had made him the highest paid offensive lineman in the year. He's like, you got, he's got to be able to block Vinnie Curry one-on-one. Like, that's just got to happen, right? He, he has to be able to do it. Like, he has <laughs> to be able to win his one-on-ones. And so that's the thing that is disturbing. Like, people, when, yeah. when we talk about free agency, so much of it is about the cost and, and all that. But really, what you're paying for is premier performance in big games. And, I mean, look, when you're doing whatever they are, um, I don't know if you have big games, but what you're doing is I'm saying, Nate Soder, by paying you this money and by saying you're our right. franchise 
tackle. We can then send all the help to the <clears throat> other side. We shouldn't have to pay you big money and help you. Yes, if we're doing that. Correct. We're wrong in our evaluation on what you can do, what you can add to this team. Correct. So the uh, look, and again, this game will come down to in the second half, the Giants could not. Came, uh, they could not sustain drives. They were two for 12 on third down. The Eagles had 27 first downs in this game compared to 11 for the Giants. And the majority of those first downs for the Eagles coming in the second half, a bunch of them coming on that overtime drive as well. That was really impressive with the limited um the limited uh, skill position group that the Eagles ended up throwing out there. So, look, the Eagles stay alive. Uh, the Cowboys, the Cowboys and the Eagles keep keeping each other alive in the NFC East. Somebody is going to win this division. I can guarantee you that uh, it will not be the Redskins or the Giants. So, one of these two teams has to step up and take control. Excited to watch them actually play in Week 16 and see uh, which one can outlast and win the NFC East. Okay, let's get into some of the uh, college football talk here, Bucky. And we just found out uh, yesterday the Heisman finalists were announced and not really any surprise. Joe Burrow of LSU, Justin Fields, the first year starting quarterback at Ohio State, and then his teammate Chase Young on the other side who did miss some games uh, but still gets the invite to New York based on just how dominant he was in the games he was available for Ohio State. And a guy we thought, you know, maybe in the first four or five weeks of the season was the odds on, you know, the odds on favorite in Jalen Hurts uh, from Oklahoma. Um, and then kind of fell off the map a little bit when OU lost to Kansas State, uh, had the close game with Baylor, and then I actually took Baylor to overtime in the Big 12 championship game. So, look, is it is it Burrow or bust here, Bucky? Because that's how I feel. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, when you, you think about what he has been able to do, um, like it, it's unbelievable the change in Joe Burrow from one year to the next. Right. Um, last year, like he was just viewed as, I mean, let's be honest, like just a guy is yeah. that. Like you're Jag. being very, very yep. kind to think about him being a potential NFL quarterback. Last year, he was 57% passer. He was a guy who had 16 touchdowns and five interceptions. This year, he's a <laughs> 77% passer. That's insane. 48 touchdowns, six interceptions in a year. And so he has clearly been the most dominant college player uh, on the scene this year. The, the, the trick will be when we're doing the evaluation. And we're beginning to think about the NFL draft. And we're thinking about the ascension that he has made. We have to then try and figure out how much of it do we put on him and his personal development? How much do we put on Joe Brady and what Joe Brady has done to revamp this scheme? And how much of all of this is sustainable at the next level? Right. Can he replicate this kind of performance anywhere? Or is he a guy that is going to be tied to a system that whoever takes them, they have to take the same system and surround them with the same kind of dominant players that LSU has on the edge. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, and look, obviously with Cincinnati in line for the number one overall pick and uh, Joe Burrow, you know, an Ohio guy, it, it certainly pointing that way. And, um, you know, if that's something to think about, right? Because, you know, they got A.J. Green there, but for how long? You know, is he, are they going to be able to figure something out and keep him in the fold? They've got, you know, Tyler Boyd in there as well. And uh, Auden Tate has, has shown that he can play. I mean, they, there's some good receivers there if they can keep them all, if they can keep them all healthy and keep them all going. So, um, but that's, that's the issue that you're going to have going number one overall, you know, even if it isn't the Bengals, you know, they, if they, they manage to win a couple of here, you're going to end up on a team that's not very good. 
And so then how, you know, how quickly can you, you know, showcase the potential that we're seeing right now um, is, again, the, the question that we have with all these young quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah with all of it. And, and then also, like, so throw, throw this in to the mix. So when we talk about the number one overall pick and we talk about the talent, uh, the number one overall pick is supposed to be a transcendent talent. Yeah. When we just stack up his talent, and let's, let's compare him to Chase Young and Chase Young's talent. Right. Is Joe Burrow more talented than Chase Young? And you know, we can talk about the bump that quarterbacks get uh, because of the value of the position. But when we're drafting and, and, and we're talking about you want to acquire the best players, um, I just think this Joe Burrow evaluation is going to be one that right now we can't see it. But I think we will get into April. There are going to be some hard conversations that teams are going to have to make when they evaluate him and what he actually brings to the table as a franchise quarterback. Yeah, look, and I think if Chase Young had been on the field every single game for Ohio State, we might be having a more serious conversation about him winning the Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy. Uh, it's just it's not going to happen this year, not with the way uh, things uh, kind of ended up going for him this year, even though in every game he played, he was dominant. I mean, that, that yeah, look, he, yeah, he's a dominant player. I mean, yeah. I, and I think – that is one of the things that um, you, you definitely look for. And for a defensive player to win at one, it's going to be hard because um, we're so conditioned for the award to either go to quarterbacks and then maybe running backs. And then after that, who knows? But uh, it, it, it's an award. It's the uh, best quarterback on the best team in the country is typically the one that's kind of won the award. Um, so it's going to be hard to overcome that until uh, there's a different level of criteria or until the voters yeah. – see it in a different way yeah chase chase young is really fighting an uphill climb to be a defender uh the first defender to win the award since charles Wilson. and then you know next year justin fields will be the favorite to win it next year in 2020 coming into the season uh just with you the way I, I, I wonder i wonder about that because remember the, the the trevor lawrence thing has been funny right it's been a funny conversation yeah. uh, that we'll have and eventually we'll preview the the yes. national champion semifinals or whatever, but here's what, what, remember, we entered the year talking about Trevor Lawrence being a transcendent talent, Trevor Lawrence being a guy that if he didn't play this year, could go into the draft, he would be number one overall, Right. and like, that talk has kind of gone away as Clemson has kind of run roughshod over the ACC, but what we'll get in the national semifinal, we'll get a chance to see, it'll be the first, I guess, appetizer to the 2021 quarterback class, potentially, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, squaring off guys that were number one and number two in all of the recruiting rankings, guys that will take the field opposite one another to kind of set the table for what will be a great debate in 2021. Yeah, no, you're right. And and uh, look, I, I'm actually trying to I'm curious here because, you know, there was a point this season, right, where everyone was wondering what what's wrong with Trevor Lawrence? Is he injured? Yeah. You had, you know, Dabo Sweeney yeah. gotten all fired up about that. And um, but there was a point then, let's see, after the Louisville game where they won 29, or where he was 20 of 29, 238 through two picks in that game, they still won. Then he went on. Wins over Boston College, Wofford, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, South Carolina, and Virginia, and did not throw a pick, and was completing over 70% of his passes in each one of those games. Ended up with 9, uh, 13, 16, 20 touchdowns, zero interceptions over his last seven games. That, that's more what we thought we were going to see. And uh, look, that leads us into our, our, 
mini 10 takeaway podcast, if you will. We're going to do our three uh, our three favorite takeaways from comp- conference championship weekends. And, and Bucky, since we're talking about Trevor, let's, let me dive right in there because uh, that was one of my takeaways this weekend was that in the game that nobody, uh, you know, was most people weren't watching was the ACC championship game. Clemson destroyed Virginia and they did it with Trevor Lawrence and T Higgins. Those are two of my takeaways right there. That connection was insane. I mean, Trevor goes for four touchdowns. T catches three of them. And uh, that looked like what we expected to see from Clemson week in and week out. We didn't get that all year, but to see that on a big stage in the ACC championship game, look, I thought that was, I I thought that was kind of neat. And now, you know, Clemson's kind of lying in the grass, right? Are they the team that could jump out and surprise some people here in the college football playoff? I think that's something we have to legitimately discuss there. I mean, think about this, Rick. You're talking about a team that has won 28 straight games. Yeah. A team that, I mean, they haven't lost since 2017. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. A quarterback that has been celebrated as one of the, the, the best that we've seen. You have a slew of wide receivers that can make plays. And yet, man, they're not even really – talked about right. as a heavyweight favorite in this playoff field. And they are the team that is uh, the defending champs. The defending <laughs> champs, a, 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 an opportunity to go back to back. And so I think if you're Dabo Swinney, this is everything that every coach wants. Every coach wants a, a, a title contender that has won the title, but is viewed as an underdog. So the motivation is already there because he can stand in front of everybody and say like, guys, Look, we started off as the preseason number one. We didn't lose a game, but they view you as the third best team in the country. Right. So we now have an opportunity (laughs) to show everybody that the defending champions are still a championship squad. Yeah. It doesn't get better than that. No, no, it doesn't. So, look, the connection from Trevor Lawrence to T. Higgins was was one of the things that – one of my takeaways from championship weekend. The fact that Clemson – you know, might just be might surprise some folks here in the college football playoff was was one was another takeaway. I'll give you my last one here in a second, but I want to get I want to get some of yours here uh, before I give you uh, my final takeaway from championship weekend. So what uh, what stuck out to you? And Joe Burrow and Joe and Joe Brady are the real <laughs> the Joes. Um, yeah, the Joes like that combination. In fact, like if I'm a team at the top and I'm thinking about bringing Joe Burrow in. Man, I, I might as well throw a bunch of money at Joe Brady and see if I could get both of them. Because together, they are on Great point. The way this, this is looking like. The way this offense works at LSU and the connection that they have uh, from play caller to quarterback, I don't know if you can beat that. I mean, they are slicing up, I mean, good teams, teams with NFL talent with ease. Um, yeah, look. Joe Burrow has been great as the director, but I mean, I think you could, you could just throw as many verbal bouquets to Joe Brady in terms of his ability to dial this up, to create this offense that has some NFL stuff from the saints. uh, Some of this uh, Joe Moorhead RPO stuff that you learned from like Penn state and to throw it all together. What you're seeing on offense from LSU is really the future of football, maybe at the NFL level a little of everything kind of mixed together because you, you you spend so much time down in New Orleans and that Louisiana. It's like a, <laughs> a big old pot of gumbo. Yeah, buddy. That, that um, man, everyone is want to, is going to want to sample, but yeah, that the Joe Burrow, Joe Brady combination is something that has fascinated me. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, it's not like Joe doesn't have the uh, Brady doesn't have the NFL experience. You know, he came over from the Saints to LSU. So, you know, he's got a little bit of that background in it. That's an interesting thing. I think we saw that right with uh, when the Colts drafted Andrew Luck, they brought Pep Hamilton over, right, from Stanford? Eventually he came over, yeah. Yeah, he I don't know if it was. came over and he did something. It was a couple of years after that he had. Right. Look, there, there are mixed results in terms of Indianapolis fans will tell you that. But sure. I do believe this. There's some comfort um, in taking a quarterback and having a play caller who already knows all of his warts. Yeah. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. He knows what he had to do to mask his flaws. But it is something to consider Joe Brady um, having that opportunity. And I'm not saying, like, I know some people will fast forward, well, I mean, the only way you get him, you have to make him a head coach. I mean, well, okay, but yeah. I, I do believe that you can elevate him to the point where you give him a chance to do that and then – just kind of see where it goes. Right. Uh, all right. What other uh, takeaways did you have from the championship game weekend? Uh, look, Justin Herbert yeah. finally had his moment. And, I, and and look, the numbers are not impressive. He didn't have over 200 yards. It was just kind of a solid performance. But this was a game where Oregon was an underdog against Utah. Oregon wasn't really expected to knock off Utah. I don't know how seriously we thought that would be, especially with them losing to Arizona State um, prior to this big game. But – Justin Herbert managed the game the right way, played like a pro, made a couple of throws that kind of made you raise your eyebrows. Yeah. Like, hmm, he can do it. Now, I will say this. I don't know if I believe that he is a franchise saver, meaning that he can turn around the franchise with his talent. But I do believe he can be a solid to high-end starter for a team that has pieces in place. Right. So if he is drafted, maybe at that mid, that mid level. Okay. So let's, let's do this because this is an exercise that people have to do. So okay. say you're Tampa Bay and you're sitting at 14 or 15 draft position yeah. and you have to do the debate, Jameis Winston, Justin Herbert, like that's the debate where, okay, we've seen what Jameis can do and we've seen that roller coaster ride. Could we take Justin Herbert and maybe not get the negative plays? but maybe get some of the same positive plays hmm. in that vein with Mike Evans and Goodwin and OJ Howard and what they have around him. I think he is a better player if he gets drafted mid to late more so than early. Cause I don't think he can live up to top 10 expectations, but I do believe in the right situation, he could go lower and play better because he has better stuff around him. That's a great point. You're not going to find many better situations for a quarterback, at least on the perimeter, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Now, off, offensive line-wise, that might be a different story uh, in Tampa, but there's opportunity to improve there uh, as well. Uh, look, that's man, that's a tough call, right? Um, we talked about uh, Jameis a lot on the 10 Takeaway podcast. I told DJ this weekend, uh, on Monday, rather, uh, that after this weekend, I just I want to... I just want Jameis to like be my shadow. I just want him to hang around with me <laughs> because like anything that goes wrong, he'll be like, Hey man, don't worry about it. Just forget it. I got it. Forget I it. Got forget it. it. We'll, we'll throw, back. we'll throw a touchdown on the next series. Okay. <laughs> uh, so like that, I just, I feel like I want him hanging around with me. Um, so I don't know. I look, I don't know if I could say that about Justin Herbert just yet um, because I, I, I haven't seen enough of the, of the big plays, right? Um, you're right. We don't see as many of the negative, yeah. as many of the negative. So maybe that is, can you, uh, or, or even, or even, or even, uh, let's fast forward because DJ is not on the pod, but right. let's just imagine Justin Herbert playing for the LA Chargers, right? So the LA Chargers, it's another good one. on the outside. 
Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, they have a tight end in Hunter Henry. Um, depending on what you do at running back, Austin Eckler, whatever, they have enough. They got to fix the offensive line. But uh, let's think about moving forward with him and Philip Rivers in a debate that you would have. So I do believe he is a guy that can be a starting quarterback, a, a, I mean, a solid to high-end starter um, in the league, but he has to have the right stuff. Right. Uh, I just don't know, man, if you take him two, three, four, if you're going to be satisfied immediately in what he brings, unless it's one of those teams that just kind of just kind of fell off the bounce back. When, when I'm looking at the teams that are picking up there, I don't know if there are any of those special situations where a team just had a bad year and right. they're going to bounce back next year. Right. Look, that's a, that, that'll be a fun one, and I'm sure we can have that uh, debate as we get started on path to the draft uh, coming up this spring uh, once free agency finishes up. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun one because uh, the, the free agency quarterback situation could be really intriguing as well uh, with guys like Phillip and Jameis Winston and Ryan Tannehill and that whole crew and maybe even Eli Manning. Um, so that's uh, there, there's some interesting uh, variables in the quarterback discussion there. Do you, you got one final takeaway for us? Uh, from Champ Weekend? Oh, man. Ohio State is tough. Yeah. And, and and a lot of times, like, we talk about toughness. Everyone thinks about the physical, but really the mental toughness that was on display. You talk about a team that is loaded with NFL talent. Uh, we can talk about Chase Jones and Akuda and even a young Justin Fields. Right. So they got hit in the face early by the Badgers. And, look, they, they stumbled back to the corner. They may have taken a, a standing eight count. But the way that they reeled off those points to come back and win in the Big Ten title game, man, it speaks volumes about their grit, the resiliency, the perseverance, all those words that you want to throw in there. For them to bounce back, man, says a lot. And I think that experience is going to serve them well in the semifinals because for them to knock off Clemson, it is going to take a champion effort to knock out the champion. And so I, I feel better about Ohio State than I felt about them before because the way that they were able to take Wisconsin's haymaker and bounce back, uh, I think it says a lot about Ryan Day and his staff and his team. So I think that's a good point. I think the early deficit from Ohio State showcases something that could be more valuable to them rather than showcasing vulnerability. I think it ends up, as you said, being more valuable to them in their arsenal now, in their back pocket as they get set for the college football playoff. And look, uh, uh, Nabil uh, obviously works closely with us as a a producer here on Move the Sticks. And, uh, you know, uh, big Wisconsin fan. Big Wisconsin fan, big Packers fan. And so we had the group text going uh, during the uh, Big Ten championship game. And I love you, Nabil. Uh, it was 21-7. He was feeling it. And his text goes, Wisconsin is winning this. Oh, well, I saw that. I they, saw that. They didn't score another point. <laughs> they didn't score another point. Oh, man, Nabil, I felt for you on that one. I was like, oh, boy, there's the kiss of death. There it is. And Ohio, yeah. Ohio State rattles off, what was it, uh, 27 unanswered at that point to go and win that. 34-21. Nabil, we love you. Uh, we wish the best for your for your Badgers uh, next season, my friend, or in the uh, – where are they going to end up? In the uh, – they're, they're, are they in the Rose? Yeah, the Rose. Yeah, the Rose. Yeah, there uh, you so go. The, yeah. So the Badgers take on Oregon. And I think the last time we saw that matchup was a classic with Russell Wilson. Yes. Um, Russell Wilson, they came up a little short, but it was a great game. The Anthony Thompson, like a lot of fireworks or whatever. And so, I mean, Ray, you know, that's kind of local, Pasadena. We may need to take a little take a little ride. Take you a little better ride believe it. To, 
Yeah, to, we might have to go do it after the draft. Career. Yeah, to get a, get a look. Scope look-see, not only at Justin Herbert, but get a look at uh, Jonathan Taylor and some of the other guys that are playing the pros. Yeah, scope it out before we uh, we go watch the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl later in January from Pasadena as well, uh, which you'll see right here on NFL Network, which is fun um, as we get to see some of the best players in college football take the field. All right, so that uh, and then my final takeaway um, after your three there on Championship Weekend was <laughs> Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin got it done at Florida Atlantic. He wins now two conference championships in three years at FAU and then bolts for Ole Miss. And look, I think this was always going to be a stepping stone for him to get back into a head coaching job at a power five school. I'm sure FAU understood that as well. That was clearly, you know, part of the deal, but he made it work at FAU um, and beat a a good UAB team in the conference championship game at conference USA. Um, So there's a couple of things wrapped up in that. I think it's a really intriguing hire for Ole Miss. Um, I, and obviously anytime, anywhere Lane Kiffin goes, it's going to draw some attention. So you know, like, I think it, 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 it did what it was supposed to do for Lane Kiffin, got him another, another opportunity at a power five school, but also for FAU. I mean, this, you can win at Florida Atlantic. Uh, I think that's, that's an attractive job. There's some good players there now too. And he's recruited some good players there. Uh, I think that uh, that only strengthens um, the East Division of Conference USA as well, which we see a lot of here on NFL Network now. Um, so I, I think both parties win in that scenario. Uh, you know, Kiffin taking FAU to, uh, you know, the top of Conference USA and then, you know, uh, Lane then go ahead and getting uh, getting his uh, more desirable job uh, at Ole Miss in the SEC. I think that's kind of interesting. What do you think of uh, of Lane going to Ole Miss? Do you think he can uh, he can make it work there? I absolutely think he can. And, I, and I'm going to say this because I may be, I'm sure I, I am in the minority. I think Lane Kiffin is a really good coach. Yeah. Now, I, I won't say that he has handled all situations in the right way, but I will mark some of that up to immaturity because he's very young when he got these opportunities. Right. Having met with him and sat with him when he was with the Oakland Raiders, um, I thought he had a bright mind. I thought uh, what he wanted to do uh, as a pro coach, I felt like he had command. Look, he bounced around. He went to Tennessee quickly, inherits a, a situation at USC that I think anyone would have struggled with. And I think SC fans never could appreciate um, what he was trying to do when it came to the way that he wanted to play on offense and the style of play. At Ole Miss, I think it will work for him because, one, he knows the beast in that in that division. He yeah. understands Alabama like no other. He understands how to attack Nick Saban. He knows how to make him uncomfortable and all those things. He also will understand how to deal with LSU and the thing. The only part of the job that is tough is, man, it is such a head knocker in the SEC. Right. But he probably has the confidence of knowing, hey, man, Hugh Freeze won games at Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole Miss recently has been relevant in the SEC. Look, throw away those allegations and all that. We have seen Ole Miss be one of the premier teams in the SEC. So there is some confidence knowing that if I do this the right way, I certainly can get it done. And he'll make it exciting. So, look, I am optimistic about what can be at Ole Miss with him in charge. Yeah, and he's got an interesting quarterback situation, you know, there. Um, obviously, with uh, Coral, um, who kind of started the season, and then Plumley, who came in and was the freshman of the week in the SEC a couple of different times. So, um, it's, look, that that's going to be interesting. I, in, in, we know that you can recruit to Ole Miss. 
I mean, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze is bringing in top recruiting classes in the country. And uh, and now, you know, we've seen the likes of DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown. And, um, you know, there's definitely ways to get really good talent into Ole Miss. And just a matter of can you put it all together and and be a a consistent contender uh, in the West Division. So that's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to see that. So that's a look there at Championship Weekend. Uh, Obviously, as a result of Championship Weekend, we now know who's in the college football playoff. And we'll start uh, in the Peach Bowl on December 28th with Oklahoma and LSU out of Oklahoma or Clemson. Do you feel like OU will give LSU trouble Bucky or do you, feel- uh, I think they will give them some trouble. Um, like OU's offense is going to be problematic. That's for what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Riley can kind of make the game challenging just because of the way he'll put stress on their defense, but uh, player for player, I think LSU is more talented. I think the only thing that still worries me, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, I've had my heart broken a little bit uh, in picking games for LSU for so long. <laughs> can, can they still be who they've been after a four-week layoff? Right. Uh, how much will rust seep into their game during this, this period that they're off? Because they're rolling. They're playing the best football right now. How do you kind of set your schedule to keep that going? And also, when you're Oklahoma and you're the fourth seed in this and everyone is going to tell you you have no shot, man, I think the scariest thing is dealing with a Lincoln Riley who has nothing to lose, doesn't have a Karen to win. He can do the trick plays and come at you. I think that's a lot. So we'll see. I wouldn't just completely discount Oklahoma, but I think they have a tough, they have a tougher road than Clemson has in terms of pulling off an upset. Yeah, and I think the 2-3 game with Clemson and Ohio State is going to be really interesting. You know, I think we've seen that, uh, you know, there's 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 ways where you can compete with Ohio State. We saw that with Wisconsin in the first half. I think Clemson can certainly do that. Uh, and I think we've seen we're seeing the best of Trevor Lawrence right now. So, I man, that that's going to be the that's going to be a fun. One. I'm I might I'm probably looking forward a little bit more to the Clemson Ohio State game just cuz I I think that could be end up being a really really good one. I mean, I think that's a table setter in yeah. so many different ways. Like, look, the the winner ever goes to the championship game. We talked about the Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields yeah. uh conversation and debate that we'll see in 2021. Uh <laughs> Clemson, this could be the end of a dynasty in terms of like they're beginning to lose coaches. Jeff Scott, their co-offensive coordinator, is taking the job in South Florida, so he'll be there for the run. But this would be the last version of last time we see this version of Clemson. Right. Um, and so, look, you know, when assistants start leaving, that's kind of when things begin to change. And this would be the first major defection. Uh, from the Tigers. So, yeah, this is an exciting game. It's a fascinating game. I can't wait to continue to break it down and watch it. Yeah, no question. And and then after that, obviously, we, we would get into the national championship game. And look, I selfishly, I want to see LSU and Ohio State. You know, they've been the top two teams really all season long. I want to see them, but I'm not you know, I, I'm not just sending them into the title game just yet. I think we're going to have really two really good semifinals. Uh, and then uh, obviously we'll get into the national championship game uh, once it is set. But uh, it's going to be a fun college football playoff. I think uh, I think t- to me, I, I do feel like these were the four best teams. Um, look, I think I'd probably love to see eight 
in a college football playoff, but that's a whole nother argument. Uh, I think we've got four really good ones here. It's going to make for some fun uh, starting December 28th with the Peach Bowl, Cloma and LSU, and then Clemson, Ohio State, and the Fiesta on the 28th uh, as well. All getting set for uh, Indiana and UNC to meet in the college football playoff in 2021. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great, man. <laughs> Love it. I can't wait. Uh, all right. Well, that uh, that is going to do it for us here on this edition of the Move the Sticks podcast presented by AARP. Bucky, when are you heading back over here, man? Look, man, I come back uh, the 16th, and I think we jump in. We got the Senior Bowl reveal. Yes, on the uh, 17th. The 17th. Or the 18th. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we get a chance to, to do all of that. And then uh, you mentioned – the collegiate bowl game that we get a chance, the NFLPA collegiate bowl that we get a chance to be a part of yep. uh, in the booth. So, yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, look, when the calendar flips, man, that's when we get a chance to really do our thing. So I'm excited about it all. No, no question. It's going to be fun. Uh, looking forward to getting you back over here. But, uh, again, uh, you can download the Move the Six podcast at Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Check out all the videos at NFL.com slash MTS video or at our new channel on YouTube. That's YouTube.com slash NFL podcast. Remember, uh, when you're downloading, uh, give us a rating and leave us a comment. Uh, leave us a question in the comments, and we just might answer them for you on Thursday's edition of the Move the Sticks podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time when uh, DJ should be back in the saddle. Uh, For Bucky, I'm Rhett. Take it easy. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.